right, week four, home dogs still licking our wounds from a tough week three, but we're back. Mike Barker, Trav, with you. We got to bounce back after our worst week of the season, but uh, you know, you got to turn the page quickly. You can't get too down on yourselves. We knew last week was going to be tough, and it sure was, and it sure was ugly. Uh, at least the one o'clock slate was really ugly for us. It looked like we were going to go oh and ten at one point, but uh, we salvaged. We salvaged a pair of two and three weeks in the circuit contest, the circuit millions contest, and uh, we have two entries there. And somehow they're both nine and six. So can't complain about that. After three weeks, two nine and six entries is pretty good. I wouldn't have minded actually if, if one of our entries last week ended up doing like four and one and the other one bottomed out. But uh, here we are. So still don't know how to really break up our games. And that's a whole nother set of game theory things you have to think about. But can't complain. 18 and 12 overall after three weeks. And, uh, you know, the big blow last week was just doubling up on the commanders and Carson Wentz and, I texted these guys on Monday and I was like, you know what? We hadn't been involved in a Wentz game all year and we forgot that he is just the worst. The way he holds on to the football, always thinks he can make a play, then ends up getting sacked or fumbled. He's just the worst. So, Trav, what was it like? I know you got to watch that game here in New York. That game was on Fox. uh, Watching Wentz just never had a chance from the start. Yeah, I didn't watch much of it. I was on red zone uh, more than anything. The but I was able to watch almost all the games over the weekend, which was which was great. The Wentz one's frustrating. I think you know we also went in with two lines of two and a half point dogs and one six and a half point dog, and I think we doubled. That was Washington, right? So it just felt like you know being under those key numbers, we were going to get hit. I think the one that hurts the most for me is Houston. Thought they played pretty well. It kind of played out the way we expected, and then. Mills throws an unfortunate interception, you know, late in the game, which obviously, you know, you live and die with that with a quarterback like him. But it just felt like that was uh, that one was poised to maybe come out the right way for us. And it just didn't. So that's the one that that bugs me more than anything else. Yeah, Houston was a tough hit. I think they were going to go down and win that game, at least in overtime. They, they look like they were the better overall team. So, I mean, Justin Fields just doesn't seem to be able to do much on offense. So that was really frustrating. And then New England was also frustrating because I, I do think it was a good call by Mark. Uh, I know we we kid him about the Belichick love these days, but it was a good call. It's just, you know, they 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 gained a lot of yards against the Ravens. Ravens offense is great, as we know, but they should have had the backdoor cover there at the very least. But the turnovers this year, the Patriots, we've been involved in them all three weeks, and I believe they're tied for uh, the second worst turnover ratio in the NFL. I think they're tied with the Jets for the second worst mark. So. Mark, just shocked that a, that a Belichick team would be this sloppy with the ball. I think Mac Jones, two touchdowns, five interceptions this year. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I mean, and he had one interception. Uh, they were driving, I think, maybe to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and he threw an interception in the end zone. I think around like the ten yard line. Super frustrating. And you know, they also had that fumble late, late in the game too. Kendrick um, that Bourne, somehow yeah. that somehow stayed, stayed in bounds. Um, that guy was yeah, out of bounds. That's such BS. I, I don't know. He, he might have been. He could have been out. Who knows? I thought he was in uh, bounds. I thought it was just insanely unlucky. Okay. Yeah, right, just just right. incredible play. Uh, but we, we didn't we didn't deserve to win that that game anyway. So. Um, yeah, I, I think you just got to, you know, in retrospect, maybe cautious going against Harbaugh, who usually plays Belichick very well. It just, it just didn't, we weren't on the right side in that game for whatever reason. Well, you're not going to have to worry about Max turnovers this week. Mac <laughs> <laughs> Jones probably had a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. We'll get to see the Brian Hoyer show uh, against the Packers. We can talk about that game later. Just uh, overall, some trends before we get going on week four. Underdogs this year are 29-18-1 against the spread. Weeks one through three, underdogs have just crushed it the past two seasons. But I do caution that last year is when faves kind of bounced back. They went nine and seven in week four and then uh, had a couple winning weeks after that as well. So maybe Vegas starts to figure things out a little bit or uh, maybe people are being less suckers taking some these big favorites. I mean, obviously, we saw the Chiefs and the Bills go down. So every week there's been some major, major upsets and maybe there's going to be a week where it's totally square. Not saying we should we should go that way. Just want to keep it in the back of our minds. But uh, I don't really have anywhere to start this week. I thought it was tough, Mark. I'm going to go to you, but you're not allowed to start with the Patriots plus nine and a half. Yeah, I wanted to go Brian Hoyer, Hoyer and the Patriots. <laughs> um, you know what? I think I, I don't really have like a top game, but I'll just I'm going to start with this team. I'm curious what you guys think, though. I, I kind of like Pittsburgh. They're at home against the Jets. They're minus three. The Jets have had a lead for 22 seconds this entire season. Um, it was in that Cleveland game in week two. Uh, they're pretty decimated on offense. Um, you know, they're down to their, I don't know, third string left tackle. George Fant now out this week. Um, and now he's on injured reserve. Um, Zach Wilson's coming back. And I think people are maybe 
somewhat overestimating maybe the impact that'll have. I, I do think maybe Joe Flacco might be the better quarterback right now. Um, obviously, you know, the Jets have to see what Wilson has. Um, but Wilson's stats last year, not not, not great. He was uh, nine TDs to two eleven interceptions last year, 55% completion percentage. And then on the other side of the ball, the Jets D is, is 32nd defensive DB, DBOA right now. And I know they've been somewhat frisky, I feel like, the, the first couple of weeks, but um, they, they just haven't looked great. And, and I'm not saying that the Pittsburgh offense is great. I, I just think maybe a little bit of value at, at, at a minus three number. Um, one other thing to note, uh, Greg Zerline, the Jets kicker, was four for four on field goals last week, um, including two from 50 plus. Um, so I just think maybe we're we're due for some field goal luck in this game too. Pittsburgh's a historically tough place to kick field goals, at least in one end zone. I, I think maybe a little bit of value on Pittsburgh, but uh, curious, curious what you guys think. Yeah, I had a I had a light circle on Pittsburgh here too. I agree with your point on Wilson. I mean, I, you have to play him to your point to figure out what you have. And I'm not saying that you know he can't be the quarterback or the right guy for the future. But at this point, you know, coming off an injury like that, are we really sure that he's going to be more effective than Flacco in a in what I think is going to be a pretty tough environment? Like, I I don't know why we would believe that necessarily. He's three and ten straight up in his career, but all ten of those losses have come by more than four points. And then Tomlin's 15 and nine against the spread after a loss with extra rest. And they played on Thursday night. So, you know, that would factor in here. So I agree with you. I mean, I, I think I'm just surprised at this number. I feel like there's a little bit of value. Maybe that means we're, we're square, but I just, I, I think Pittsburgh is ultimately a better coach team with a setup that that could fit this game pretty well. And your point on the Jets offensive line injuries, I think is a good one too, and shouldn't be overlooked. So I, I would definitely keep Pittsburgh in the mix as a fave. Yeah, I like this one too. I also shocked it. It was at three and a half for a little bit. Now it's down to three. So a little surprising there, especially because 70% of the bets are on Pittsburgh. But I do think this won't be that popular ever side. I think you can buy low on Pittsburgh and I don't even know if you can even question being a square just going against the Jets. We we psyched ourselves out of taking the Bengals uh, last week in the contest. We had them in Survivor, which we're still alive in, so that was great. But we took the Vikings instead of the Bengals at the last minute, and that was a mistake. You just go against the Jets, and you know all the points you guys have made. Zach Wilson coming back from knee surgery. He's going to be running for his life. I guess TJ Watt being out is the only positive. Steelers are 0-6 without him in his young career, but if there's a team they can get it done against, it's it's the Jets. So, I mean, I don't think I would double it, but definitely definitely would lock it as a play right now, for sure. They, they, their pass rush has not been quite the same without Watt. I think they only have two sacks in the two games without him. Um, so I think that is somewhat of a concern. But again, it's, it's a Jets depleted offensive line. So I think they got Yeah, and they played the Patriots it. and the Browns, two, two pretty good lines. Right, two right? good offensive lines, yep. All right, I think we're, we're going to have Pittsburgh involved at some point. Assuming it's three when the contest lines come out tomorrow. If we get fucked with that three and a half, do we feel any different? I don't know. I think we'd have to think a little harder about it, but I don't know that it would come off of it. I mean, <clears throat> being on the wrong side of the key number didn't help us last week. True. Okay. Uh, Trav, what's the top of uh, your board if there is anything? Yeah, similar to Mark. I mean, I don't know that I have anything on top, but the first game I would like to call out is Arizona getting a point and a half in Carolina. They're getting 75% of the bets, 80% of the money. Short road dog here. I mean, the road dogs obviously did well last week. Maybe there's reversion this this week, but just a couple of stats for you. Arizona's 14, 4, and 2 against the spread as a road dog under Cliff, and Carolina's 3 and 10 as a favorite under Rule. The quarterback isn't much better. Baker's 11, 22, and 1 against the spread as a favorite in his career. And if you look at both Rule and Baker, they've both failed to cover the last seven times in a row that they've been faves. Um, interestingly, the cards were 6 and 0 straight up last year as dogs, which, which is eye opening. Um, and then the, there was some pretty big line movement here, right? The cards were minus three on Saturday before the games were played last weekend. It's down to a point and a half now. I, I think you know, they're just a better team. Short road dogs a little odd, but I just don't trust Rule and Rule and uh, Baker. Yeah, I think Mark, the, before I think you defend Rule, I have some more stats to to back up Trav, before you <laughs> defend your boy. Because uh, Trav, you did steal some of the stats that I had also found. But uh, one more: Arizona was eight and one against the spread on the road last year and uh they're one to know against the spread on the road this year so otherwise you had some you had some great nuggets there too but yeah also uh cliff i i if i think that he was at texas tech when baker was there i think he he coached baker at texas tech before he transferred to oklahoma but i could mm. be wrong yeah i think that's right yeah um yeah i, I don't have a side here uh i think that i think it's a fair point i'd probably grab the points especially with carolina coming off a of cover last week um arizona not coming off a of cover I, I will point out i think Carolina somehow is 18th in DVOA. 
I think that's largely attributed to their their special teams and their defense, um, which I think is, their, their defense has kind of surprisingly been pretty good. That that offense is pretty anemic, and I think I, I read today that Christian McCaffrey missed practice today, so he, maybe he's banged up or, or not going to play this week, um, which would make me uh, consider Arizona for sure. And if you look at what Carolina won that game last week, they got a, a strip a strip sack or a strip fumble on Kamara that was returned for a long defensive touchdown. And then the only offensive touchdown they scored was like a just out to LaVisca Chenault in the flat and he took it 80 yards. So if you take away that touchdown from Baker, he had like 40 yards passing and, and was pretty pedestrian once again. This game, we should just note, is in Carolina, but it's a 405 start. Oh, I didn't even realize that. There's only three four o'clock games this week. I'm I'm mad. I thought we were over this with the NFL, but no, I guess there's a nine thirty. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought this was going to be a uh, this was a, my top play, Trav. So you stole that. This is I thought it was just going to be a basic bitch bet of the week that you've come up with. I mean, seventy six percent of the bets <laughs> on Arizona, eighty percent of the money. I have no problem taking it. I just feel like our first two picks are not very uh, sharp. I should say as far as the trends are concerned, but I'm good with them both. There, there's a lot of straight lines this week, like a lot of straight threes to an half. You know, there's there's nothing. I, I think, well, I shouldn't say there's nothing, but there's there's more kind of pedestrian lines than there otherwise would be. Yeah, no, it's a tough week. Back to back tough weeks. After uh, I thought the the lines are pretty pretty juicy in the first two weeks of the year. Since you stole Arizona, I have another basic one that I like, and this is a short road fave. And I'm guessing I might need to be talked out of this one, but I like Cleveland. Minus one and a half at Atlanta. Atlanta's three straight covers, one win out in Seattle. That's a tough trip to come back from Seattle. And then uh, off a win, riding high, close game. Cleveland's got the extra rest. I do want to see the final injury report on the Browns because there was a lot of guys on it today, including Miles Garrett, who had that horrible car accident, but but seems okay. I just think Cleveland's really good, and they should be able to run, run the shit out of the ball. And Atlanta's defense isn't very good. They just play a weird, fun mix of football and get things done. But I think Cleveland's a better team and should win here. So I'm fine to avoid it, but it did stand out to me as uh, fading the Falcons and Arthur Smith because I'm still not really sold on him as a coach. Mark, did you have any read here? Yeah, no, I had, I had the light circle on Cleveland too, um, which makes me pause a little bit because we're both on it. But uh, yeah, I kind of like fading Atlanta, like you said, off a big win that West last week. Now they come, come back to the East Coast. Cleveland's on extended rest. I think that the preseason look-ahead line was pick them here. So maybe maybe we're losing a little bit of value, but um, I think if it's under two, I'm definitely, definitely getting involved with Cleveland here. Yeah, I'm fine to go that way as well. Uh, trends favor Atlanta, 45% of the bets, 65% of the money. Cleveland, to me, was last week's kind of miss. I mean, it, you know, we survived in the Survivor contest, but and I know we don't like taking Thursday games, but that game played out, I think, exactly like we anticipated that it would. They dominated the ball on the ground and just ultimately outlasted Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't do the same in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta survived last week. We called out and we took them and said, are they really going to go to 3-0? and Well, they did, so now can they go to 4-0? and um, Arthur Smith is one in seven against the spread at home as the Atlanta coach. So, you know, that trend I think would favor Cleveland as well. So I, I could be on this here. Him and rule is uh home favorites in the, uh, or, or just against the spread at home in that division are just awful. It's so weird because, um, Arthur Smith, not at home for whatever reason, like they're against the spread record. Isn't bad at all. You know, they're nine, 10 and one overall He's one in seven at home. So he's eight, three and one. On the road. Yeah, that's weird. No home field advantage there. I don't know. True. I guess the new stadium's really nice, but the old old stadium used to get pretty loud and have like a real effect on the opposing offense. This one doesn't seem to do that. I like the way this Cleveland team's built. They're 3-0 against the spread this year, right, Atlanta? Yep. Yes. So maybe due for some regression. Yep. But Cleveland's pretty good too. I mean, if they don't lose that Jets game, they're 3-0 against the spread as well. Yeah, true. True. Yeah, but they did. So that's that's, You're that's right. the reason that this all worked. <laughs> I, I do like the way Cleveland's built. I, I really wish it weren't Deshaun that was going to come back because he's just impossible to root for at this point. Um, but I, I got to give props to Jacoby. Like, you know, he's had his ups and downs mm-hmm. for himself and more importantly for us. Now, I think he's playing well. He's managing the game. He's doing everything he needs to do. So good for Jacoby. All right. Agreed. Jacoby. I like taking the two Thursday games from last week. Maybe there's something to that. Let me throw out one similar line too. And this is my final basic bitch bet of the week. Uh, I like the Chiefs minus one at the Bucks. Uh, I think this game could be moved to Minnesota. Either way, I'm sure the Bucks players have already gone from Tampa to Miami. 
They're already banged up as it is. That can't be easy. Just the bedtime Brady stats. They were staring at me in the face. His last 10 primetime games, he's 2-8 and eight against the spread. So he's a man of regimen these days in his old age, 45. So you get him up late without his offensive weapons. They struggled last week against the Packers. And I, I like the Chiefs off a loss here. It may be even a revenge spot for the uh, Super Bowl a couple of years ago, too. So, Trav, what do you think about your boy Brady here? Yeah, I have no problem taking Kansas City. I agree. It kind of seems kind of basic. I don't like taking these games where the, the two kind of heavyweights going head to head. I think it just increases the action on it. So that's my only kind of caution. But yeah. I'm fine going against Tampa. I've been fine going against them all year. I don't think it's worked out. I think they're two and one against the spread. But they're so banged up. Um, I think Kansas City, they screwed up a little bit to let Indy win that game last week. Even with all that, they were well positioned to come and win the game and cover, I think, relatively late in the game. So I think they're going to bounce back here and you get this line will be artificially low if they end up playing it on a neutral field. So I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to take Kansas City, I think. Wait, so you, you guys think if the, the game moves to Minnesota that the line will change? you think it'll stay... Or that's what they're predicting with. Well, I don't know that they're going to know by the time we get our lines tomorrow. That's my only point. Yeah, I I think if this locks at one and it moves to Minnesota, it'll be like Kansas City minus six or something like that. Minus four, minus four, minus four, three and a half. I can see it going high. A neutral field. What would you think a Super Bowl would be right now with those two teams? It'd be KC by Uh, three. Yeah, maybe maybe three. Yeah, maybe three, two and a half, three. Especially the way that Tampa's played this year without the weapons being available. I guess Mike yeah, Evans so, is back. That was just a suspension, right? So that's good. For right, him. he'll be back. I'm curious. Like, is Godwin any close to returning? Um, I don't know the left tackle, Donovan Smith, if he's going to be back for Tampa. Um, it's just the one thing I do want to point out, and maybe a little caution: the wind is just the the Bucks defense. They're number one in DVO, D, defensive DVOA. Um, I feel like they've been pretty pretty awesome this year. You know, they, they kept they the Cowboys in check in week one, Packers in check last week, um, mostly. So I think if the the Tampa Bay offense is getting healthier, I'm just a little bit cautious. But um, I think I think I'd lead in Chiefs here too. Just so many moving parts. I think we gotta kind of just have to wait and see what what happens with where the game's gonna end up. Yeah, and that's fine. If those guys are healthy, like Trav said, the heavyweight matchups, like I'm fine sitting it out too. I just I don't want to like not take the Chiefs all year long, and this is like a good spread for them too. So Was, is there ever a more miserable quarterback matchup than Brady at his cranky 45 year old age against Rogers last weekend? Like that game was not enjoyable in any it was way. Brutal. <laughs> so bad. brutal. I mean, I was reading, I think scoring is at like a 10 year low through the first three weeks of the season. And I feel like that game was just like epitome of, of, of like what the NFL is looking like, like right now with the scoring. We there talked about it in week two though. It's like nobody plays in the preseason. So these are just like, these are the preseason games. Yeah. And, you're figuring it out. And a lot of these teams are banged up also too. Also guys get hurt because they don't play in the preseason. So got to capitalize though. Mark, what else you got? I'm curious what you guys think. This might be the basic trendy bet of the week, but I like Baltimore. I think they're plus three, a lot of those. Home, plus three at home versus the Bills. Uh, the trends are pretty solid. 52% of the bets are on Baltimore, but 84% of the money. And the line has come down from four. So maybe the Sharps were, were hitting a, a higher number. I think it's just a, just a tough spot for the Bills. I think they their offense played 90 snaps on in Miami last week. And I have a stat, a random stat, but offenses that run 90 plus plays and then are favored the next week have gone four and 14 against the spread since 2000. So that's a uh, 22% cover rate. Um, so that would favor Baltimore here. And then the Ravens are, are five and zero against the spread in the Lamar Jackson era as a home dog and 11, four and one against the spread under Jim, uh, John Harbaugh. I think it's just like a decent spot to, Grab Baltimore, who who we've kind of historically gone to when we needed them as a home underdog. Having said that, you know this Bills team is, is very good. So, um, curious curious what you guys think. I didn't have a circle. The trends do favor Baltimore, which is okay. I I don't like going against the Bills off a loss last year after losses. Um, the Bills won by 35, 15, 28, 25, and seventeen the following weeks. So you know they can get cranky and pour it on. It, see, keeping it around. I agree with. You know what you would say that, you know, getting Baltimore as a three point home dog, you know, is a rare opportunity and the trends favor them here. So I could see it. I don't have a big problem with it. I just I'm very cautious going against Buffalo off that loss. Yeah, I'm cautious as well. I thought when it was at three and a five, three and a half earlier this week, it was a super trap game just to screaming at you to take the Ravens. But now that's down to three. Maybe it is the sharp side. Both these defenses right now either suck or are injured. So I think it's going to be a shootout. I mean, Baltimore let the Patriots go up and down willy nilly and they, they killed themselves with their own turnovers. And they obviously got shredded by Miami in that fourth quarter. So if you look at the Ravens defense over the last five quarters, I'm not terribly impressed. 
you know, wasn't no feet doing anything to Joe Flacco in week one. So, and they're also dealing with injuries. And then obviously the Bills entire secondary is gone. And they actually defense played pretty well, I would say last week. They just couldn't close that game. So that's what worries me. This Ravens D, I don't, I think it's, it's not just a, a, a trend last year there or a rarity last year. They had all those injuries. They might just not be that good anymore. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point about the injuries. I think there's a lot to monitor. Um, and Trap, to your point, uh, I came across like a random stat with Buffalo. So their their past twenty regular season wins have all been by at least uh, ten points, um, and the tie is a record from the nineteen forty one Bears. So it's kind of crazy. So if if they're a favorite under ten, I almost think we should consider taking them. Um, and I know I'm <laughs> advocating for Baltimore here, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking Baltimore is going to win out, right? So. The last two uh, games we've talked about are the two big sexy games of the week, too. So maybe those are, maybe that's just the reason to sit them out either. True. True. I don't know. This also, this over under is 52. You're only getting a field goal. I granted they're a home dog, Baltimore, but, you know, an over under 52 is four or five points higher than any other over under of the week. So it definitely negates that field goal. It's not, you know, relative to other lines. Like, you know, getting three is an example Pittsburgh and the Jets or excuse me, laying three, but whatever the, just to use that example, that's a 41 and a half over under. Mm-hmm. So this, this that's three is not as valuable yeah. as other threes. Okay. Interesting. Who, who's uh, the Bills kicker, by the way? Is it? Oh, it's Bass. Not Bass. It's not a, okay. Tyler yeah. Bass. He's okay. I mean, I was shocked last Tucker. week. Uh, Tucker, well, Tucker missed an extra point last week. I think he hit the post. It was a meaningless one, but nonetheless. Yeah. He buried us though with a long field goal. Yeah, that put the back door out of reach. So that was yeah. that was painful. Uh, Trav, what else you got? Uh, got a couple other like very light circles. This is one that we may not want to consider on on principle, but the Vikings laying two and a half in London, getting seventy five percent of the bets, almost all the money. The only reason I bring it up is Sunday morning faves in London are seven and three against the spread and nine zero oh, and one straight up in games that don't include the Jags. The Saints this year, the flip side of that is the Saints are 0-3 oh, oh against the spread. So, you know, maybe they're not going to go to 0-4. Oh maybe it's just a total dumb-dumb play. Um, and I'm fine avoiding it. But just those statistics about the Sunday morning faves in London, I think, is interesting. It just tends to be the better team wins. And I don't think there's any doubt on a neutral field that that Minnesota is the better team. I feel like just historically you've had bad luck with our London calls. Maybe, maybe I'm misremembering. Um, no, no, the Jags right. one was a historical disaster. That was against Ten- the We Vince, had a good right? Tennessee win. Okay. Yeah. The that Tennessee was like a, overtime a game. Backdoor cover. One. Yeah. Yeah. With Mariota. Oh, it that, just, that it just makes for a really stressful day if we're if we're gonna <laughs> get involved with Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and have a London game. Like that's stress from nine AM until almost midnight. No argument. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> leaving it to the side. I just, no, but I'd, I might want the stress earlier and not later. So uh, I'm with well, you on the Vikings. I, I like the call. So well, we, I, we I, don't I, know who's playing quarterback for the Saints, right? Right now. I, I no, read, it's Jameis. Uh, it's Jameis. He just he they made him take a day off, and he was mad. Oh, uh, okay. That, Got it. That's it. Okay. Um, but Saints are are winless against the spread. Is the only other thing I have. I know, but they might just be bad without. They Shelby. might be bad. Yeah. Totally. Like the defense has not been the defense we thought it was going to be. And Jameis has really struggled. It seems like those receivers are all kind of banged up as well. My, and Mike Thomas scored a couple of touchdowns in week one, but he's been invisible since. And Olave's a rookie and Landry is old. Kamara's maybe hit the running back wall. It's a shame because the Saints were like maybe our favorite team to bet on the last three years, right? Did you say they're up there? Oh, yeah. I mean, just total different, different coach. It's amazing how like one person leaving the building just changes everything. Yeah. It's hard to flip. And Cousins, I mean, we had the Vikings last week. I don't know either. They, they're, they're a tough watch, too. They pulled that game out of their ass. I'm kind of pissed that they won. They deserve to lose that game to the Lions, so that was annoying. I was going to say, speaking of the Lions, uh, I kind of like them minus four. It's come down a lot. It seems like Seattle was the sharp side earlier in the week. But if you look right now, the bets are 50-50 and almost 66% of the money's on Detroit. I just think they're, they're pretty good. And Gino... Seems like he's a, a frisky dog at home. We saw that in week one. We saw him last week, but on the road, tough place to play. I think that Seattle defense is trash. We all acknowledge that. So Lions offense might be one of the best in the NFL. I, I think it's a good spot laying four against maybe the worst team in the NFL. I, is that just too square and basic? Are all our bets this week square and basic? Or are all faves? Mm, not, yeah, we have a lot of faves. I mean, I, I had a light circle on Detroit too. I mean, I, they're three and against the spread. You could say, are they going to go to four? Dan Campbell's eight and two against the spread at home. So I like that. I think the line came down on the DeAndre Swift injury, but I think running backs can be replaceable. And Williams is fine. Yeah, yeah Williams is fine. And I think Seattle's also is like one of the worst pass defenses in the league as we've talked about those corners suck. 
Um, I don't think they get much of a pass rush. So, uh, you know, the swift injury doesn't bother me nearly enough to, to reduce the line on it. So I, I could leave this around. I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I think I read that it may, uh, Moan St. Brown possibly injured might be out this week. So curious to get his status. Yeah. He's yeah. like the, the number one receiver. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think you guys make a, make a good case. Okay. Lions. I wasn't thinking that, uh, would fly. Yeah. But the, okay. the one game I, I did want to talk about, and I, I just think the line makes zero sense. I'm sure you guys maybe felt the same way is Tennessee plus three and a half in Indy. I, I just don't understand what Indy has done deserve to be a three and a half point favorite against Tennessee. Um, the Titans have kind of owned the Colts the last, uh, last few years. Titans are four and one against the spread and straight up against the Colts in their last five games. Uh, they've won their last three in Indy. I know it seems like a little bit, a little bit of a high line, but I'm, I'm a little bit cautious because I feel like somebody knows something I don't. That's my only read on it too. I had a circle on them. You know, we talked a little bit about Indy before when we discussed the chiefs, but they're the 32nd offensive DVOA. Matt Ryan looks bad. I would say he just looks totally washed. Tannehill Hasn't been awful despite his lack of weapons. I think both of these running games are under a little bit of pressure or will be in a little bit of trouble because of offensive line injuries, um, including Taylor Lewan being out in Tennessee. But that is what it is. I don't think it's the first time he hasn't played. So this line was confusing to me too, Mark, and maybe that's enough to have us stay away. But I definitely, my first thought was to take Tennessee here. And if we need a couple of dogs to balance this week out, you know, this could be a good one. On the flip side, Shaq Leonard returned to practice in full today, so he should be back making his season debut for the Colts. So that that sucks because um, mm-hmm. I think the defense has missed him. But the defense played pretty well without him. Maybe that was just the Chiefs being dumb. Yeah, 65% of the bets are on Tennessee. Money's more 50-50. It definitely seems weird to me, too. It made me want to like flip to the other side, but I had so many favorites. I also kind of like Tennessee, too. So it seems like the line should just be three and we're getting a half point, so maybe we should just do it. Yeah, Titans, I, I don't know. Like The Raiders could just be awful, too. So. Right. At least right. Derek Henry was running a little harder last week. That's the only positive I can I can spin it. I don't know if I have too many left. All these lines are hard. There's some big dogs out there. Houston as a home dog, five points against the Chargers. Also feels like a trap to me. Just Houston's been a covering machine. Obviously, they didn't come through first last week, but the, the closing line value on that game was three. So they pushed if you weren't in a contest. I think Mills is frisky, obviously, but I also, and the Chargers have like everyone injured, their best offensive lineman's out, Bosa's out, Herbert's got the ribs. It seems like it should just be a no-brainer to take Houston, but I don't know why I'm scared. Yeah, no, I, I kind of like, like Houston had a very light circle. I wish it was six and not five, um, but like you said, the Chargers have so many injuries going on right now, and for whatever reason, I think Davis Mills has just been a much better quarterback at home as opposed to on the road. I think he has a 14 touchdown to one interception uh, ratio uh, in his career at home, and the other, the other note I have is that the Texans have covered three straight games at home, so... Um, that would fit the fit the narrative here. I, I would put it in the mix. I, I think I'd like to get a couple more dogs. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I'm butthurt by Houston because last week they didn't come through for us, but I would definitely keep them around. That's when you got to go back to them, right? Yep, I agree. Uh, I agree. I hate, I hate I made taking the case for Houston, and you, you know how much that hurts. You if know, you're I really, I really don't like that the Chargers just got smacked like that, losing 38 to 10. I hate going against the yeah. team when they lose big like that. It sucks. Um, yeah. <sighs> You Should know, some of these about... teams, as good as as good as Herbert is, it's like some of these teams, you know, that everyone just anticipates being awesome coming in the year and just pencils them in. To, you know, they. Well, it's amazing. I mean, and I don't that... know about Staley too. Yeah, Crim- criminal mismanagement, letting Herbert play in that game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. It was like, absurd. Just awful. Like, if he gets a big hit against a team that seems to have a really good pass rush now in the Jaguars, like that's a huge problem for him and his coaching status. It, it's amazing the perception of that division. Like going in, like in the preseason, as opposed to now, like every single team is basically flipped. Maybe the Chiefs quite quite haven't, but like the Raiders, they're zero and three. Like the Broncos, it's like a total disaster with Hackett. I mean, it, it's just it's remarkable. And the Chargers are, you know, their quarterbacks like, you know, on the verge of dying. So. <laughs> so, I just can't believe that the Chargers still employ the same team doctor who punctured it's Tyrod Taylor's lung. It's, and he was the one who administered the cortisone shot to Justin Herbert. Like, it's how amazing. have they not got? They're in Los He's Angeles. Like, do you know how many nice doctors are there? <laughs> <laughs> if they have all these guys injured. It's remarkable. Uh, and if he doesn't play or for whatever reason, you're looking at Chase Daniel. Yeah. You know, the only thing, I mean, you said it, Mike, they got waxed last week. I've seen all this, you know, the meme yeah. thing about how, you know, how many running backs have more rushing yards than their running backs combined, which I don't know why that would matter. 
but just does seem like you're never going to get lower than they are now, but still to be a five point road fave. I, I don't know about that. I want to bring up speaking of teams that got waxed is the Washington at Dallas game. Washington is, uh, what are they? Plus three in Dallas. I, I don't have anything to add, but, um, can't do it. You can't, right? <laughs> we should, but we can't. Wentz is one and seven against the spread as a division. <laughs> I can't, I can't I, I, against that pass rush too. Like, yeah, the Dallas, it just, pass it, rush it just is better than the Eagles. The, the line should be much, much higher. No, I, I think yeah, it's, I just don't it's perfect, right? Like, With Cooper Rush, it's three. Cooper like, Rush is getting no credit. He's good. Yeah. Cooper Rush is the yeah. truth. I can't take Washington here. I'm sorry. Maybe that's <laughs> stupid. Maybe that's... I just... I was just I was just telling Trav we should go back to teams that burned us, but that was like more than a burn. That was just a double like no a scar. Shot. Yeah. What, what I can't read is when you get two teams like the Jags and the Eagles together where they've basically just been romping their way through the season other than the Jags uh, week one where it didn't seem like they were totally ready, but they've been a complete team the last two weeks. Eagles are crushing everybody. Jags are the only team in the league to be top five in offensive and de- defensive DVOA getting six and a half in Philly. It's, I guess it's, it seems like the right line. There's probably value on Jacksonville. I'm just really scared after what the Eagles uh, did to us last week. I, I kind of like Jacksonville road dogs getting a lot of points at a team that could be pretty good. Is that, is that silly? Mark, what do you think there? Uh, I didn't have a side, but yeah, I think I agree with your your thinking. I feel like watching that game last week against Washington, there was like a lot of like amazing catches that the Philly receivers made, and maybe that contributed to them kind of running up the score a little bit. So I was thinking maybe this week that would regress a little bit, but um, I don't really have much much of a case otherwise, other than maybe the market's still undervaluing uh, undervaluing this Jacksonville team. Maybe I don't see, I don't envision that it's just going to be like a meteoric rise straight to the top for the Jags. And maybe I'm totally wrong and dismissive. This is obviously the Peterson revenge factor. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I would like that if I'm Jacksonville, but I just, I again, kind of want to tread lightly with a team that, you know, has had two great weeks, but you know, asking them to back it up a third time in a row is tough. Now they're getting enough points where, you know, they can, play okay and not win but it just feels like it would be a time to kind of zag and go the other way mm. but i'm not going to propose that at all but yeah. just I, uh, I, yeah my, my instinct was to stay away from the game because i just yeah. i just didn't know if you guys had a way to read it either so no. i'm fine doing that i only have one more light circle an ugly one i guess it's it's the uh the niners on monday night against the rams strictly on, on the fact that shanny owns mcveigh uh 70 of the bets are on the rams 55% of the money is on the Niners. It's come down from two and a half to one and a half. I don't like the Trent Williams is out in San Francisco, but I like I like taking them off a primetime flop when everybody's making fun of Jimmy G, stepping out of bounds in the safety, and Chaney just has McVay's number. So I'm still not impressed by the Rams. They I didn't see much of that Rams-Cardinals game, to be honest, but they've taken care of business two weeks in a row, and it could be a good flop spot for, for McVay as well. So do we go back to Shanny here, Trev? I mean, I have nothing to add beyond what you said. I had a light circle on them. Shanny, seven and four straight up and against the spread against McVeigh. Trent Williams terrifies me. The game kind of terrifies me. San Francisco mm-hmm. has a lot of primetime shine early in the year. I'm just kind of, I, I would prefer to not get involved. Fair. Mm-hmm. Mark, you uh, have Yeah, no, I, I kind of like San Francisco. Um, again, just the same the same narrative. I think the Niners are five and zero against the spread in the last five game against the Rams. The Trent Williams injury sucks. I think I think in their only game that he missed last year, it was like a, a prime time dud loss to the Colts. So I think we should tread cautiously here. Offensive lines big. We we track that shit for a reason. So should is there anything talk we're... about? Yeah, should we talk about the Pats here getting nine and a half? I mean, <laughs> we made it very clear that we couldn't come in with just historical Belichick stats, but. I don't you know. had you could have had me at ten and a half, but nine and a half. I don't know. Yeah, the, the Packers still haven't exploded yet, and I'm kind of waiting for it to happen. So, well, yeah, I mean, but maybe it won't. I don't know. I There's think it a, will. It, it did I last. Mean, this it did last year also, and then they went on a tear like right around this time, and they took off. And he's he's feeling his receivers, and they'll get they'll get Jones and Dylan going. The the flip side of this game is the Pats have actually a very strong run game and the Packers apparently are number 32 and run defensive DOA DVOA. Um, so that may be a matchup that they can at least burn the clock and keep Rogers on the sidelines. The Packers have still only scored against the bears, you know, two touchdowns against the the bucks and uh, one touchdown against the Vikings in the other weeks. The only Belichick stat that I'll give you is he's 11 and one against the spread as a dog after a loss. 
Hoyer on the flip side is is one in 12 straight up as a starter (laughs) since 2016, which is hard to like why he is the best option. And I'm not even sure. Why can't Zappy play? I, I, they, they're, I think they love Zappy and I just wouldn't be shocked if they mix this up a little bit. Um, I don't know if that would be good or bad if we were to be on the, did you see Belichick today? He said Mac was day to day, like (laughs) 12 times. Yeah. Well, he's not going to get it. I heard him say like, they they like kept pushing him. He's like, I'm not a doctor. I I don't know. Uh, Green Bay eight and two against the spread at home since 2021. So that hurts. But I, I just, you know, look, I don't, the way Mac's been playing, I'm not sure that it's such a, significant downgrade and the lines obviously expanded on it. Now it obviously is a downgrade to some degree, but I just, if, if the line ends up being more than nine and a half, maybe we do think about it. The flip side is I would definitely lock green Bay uh, as our survivor play. Yeah. Lock it right now. It's not changing. Uh, I, I bring up the stat like every year too, like the going into last year, backup quarterbacks making their first start of the season are 27 and 15 against the spread. That's over. This 60%. doesn't even seem like a backup quarterback though. Right. This is like, a skeleton you're dragging out of the closet to start a game. Like what? It's a backup quarterback. I, I just like the market I know, tends to like overreact I, to the quarterback change. That's, that's the idea with the spread line. Yeah. Right? It's proven true this year with, with uh, Cooper oh, rush. He's awful. Uh, Jacoby he's, so he's technically a backup. Um, How is it that we, I get convinced to take the Patriots every week. We're, <laughs> it's three in a row. Just, I'm not doing four. Like they're not fun to watch. And Brady's not even there anymore. Ah, <laughs> uh, God! What time is this game? It's a one. Oh, it's a, this is the four twenty-five. This is the Nance game. Uh, oh, that sucks. <laughs> I think the line is right. I mean, can, it opened at five you, and it moved to nine and a half. That's a right downgrade from Mac to Brian Hoyer. I think. In my can mind. you ever remember the Patriots being this big of an underdog? Like even with with one of their backup quarterbacks over the years, like I, I can never remember it being this high. Yes, I remember they, the Jacoby Brissett game against Houston at home where they it was like a Thursday game. I think we maybe took Houston in that game and the Patriots shut them out. I think they're seven-point dogs. If we didn't <laughs> take the Patriots last week, I'd be so much more amped to take this game. You can't look back. you got to look forward. <laughs> <laughs> Hoyer is more than a five-point dog. Is eight and three against the spread. Fuck you, Hoyer. How is that? <laughs> That's remarkable. That's, That's, That's so good. <laughs> Uh, I wish we were getting 10 if we're getting 10 then maybe we're going to get burned if it's nine and a half I mean just think about so the the Bears and Packers played two weeks ago and the Bears were what they were a nine point dog in in Green Bay right yeah so that's what the number was and the so Packers I, I, covered I, I, very comfortably, very comfortably. It wasn't even an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, well, but whatever. I'm just saying the spread. I'm just saying the spread was the same. Um, I would argue that the Patriots with Brian Hoyer are a much better team than the Bears you know, with, with Justin Fields. Maybe. Rodgers is a front runner, though, as we know. Mm-hmm. Like, when they get up, they don't... They like to, to let you know that they're, they're beating you, so... How many times... How many games do you think that Brian Hoyer started for the Patriots? <laughs> I can't even imagine it's more than three. You you have the number? What am I looking at here? I, I know he did I mean, the he game was, against the Chiefs Houston? like over COVID or something. Oh yeah, no, and that was like a close right. game. No, he, he came in. No, he he is he has never started a game for the at least what I'm looking at. Oh, he started one game. Yeah, in 2020, Mark. That's what you're saying. That's right. But all of his other starts, remarkably, have come not in New England. He's only started one game for the Patriots in his career. That's remarkable. Yeah, we Arizona, had a rough time Cleveland. Houston, yeah. Chicago, San Francisco, Indy. Yeah. He's got experience. But we're not worried about the survivor at all, right? Mm, I'm not. I can't see, I can't not, see a yeah. better option. And we should just, just point out that 72% of the survivor plays are out. So we're one of 28% remaining. And nice. we've used already the Bengals, Broncos, and Ravens. So, you know, maybe the Ravens. But I would say we've kind of navigated these first three weeks without taking an elite team. So, you know what? Uh, I'd be good taking Green Bay. Yeah, I think it's the, the safest play. The the only point I wanted to make, because I, I know we were talking about it over text, was that um, you know, I, I, you know, at some point in a survivor contest, you have to take chances, and it's either do it early or do it late. You know, if you do it early, you could be could fall out of the contest, obviously. So, you know, maybe it's just kind of you know, put, push kicking the can down the road, I guess, by taking Green Bay this week. We still, I mean, th- yeah, like like Pittsburgh is a, a game I would consider. I know it's like super risky, 
Um, I just think there's no way Zach Wilson, his first start back, is going to you know, go into Pittsburgh and win a game. But you know, it's, it's a three-point spread. It, you know, it's, it's very risky. But like Ultimately, we don't have to take half the teams in the league, and we can take pick against the Jets almost every week if we wanted to. Or in any other, sure. that's a bad, you know, whatever. The Jets or pick the, the other, the Giants. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I still feel like there's going to be opportunities. Yeah. Any other games? Oh, I kind of like the Raiders against the Broncos, but it just seems like they're due for a win. And they've been frisky, and somehow the Broncos are two and one. But I feel like everyone's going to have that same feeling, and could be a popular play. It's probably a zag to take the Broncos, actually. Yeah, I was, I was almost thinking the Broncos just like as bad as Russ and that offense have been. Like their their defense is, I think, excellent. Um, it's really good in defensive DVOA. They've allowed seventeen, nine, and ten points in their three games this season. So prefer to stay away, I think, or or take Denver. Yeah, I, of the two, I would prefer Denver. I mean, that said. Vegas is 0-3 against the spread. So it's maybe, you know, at some point they're going to cover, but doesn't need to be this week. And then Giants-Bears, last game remaining. If this game ever got above a field goal, and I'm not sure why the line would move, but I would take the Bears at three and a half. <sighs> Random stats that mean nothing. Chicago 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 NFC road games. Giants are have seven straight covers on short weeks. I guess that's mostly Daniel Jones. And then the fun stat is that the Bears are two and one and Justin Fields has twenty three completions total. So which almost seems insane. Like that's how many Joe Flacco had in a half in week one. Uh, doesn't make any sense. I think these are the two uh these two offensive lines allow the highest pressure rates in the NFL. So that should be fun. I, I kinda like the Giants just because I don't think that Chicago has any pass rushers or any way to take advantage of of the Giants shitty line, which is in shambles right now, aside from the left tackle. Um, the Bears also but, got so lucky with those turnovers last week. I know, but Chicago can run the ball, and we and we can't stop yeah. the run. So that at all, at all, yeah. Uh, and the whole thing about Fields and his completions, like obviously true, but he he can run the ball effectively when things break down. Yeah, Giants twenty eighth in rush defense right now. Tough loss, I'd say, on Monday night for the Giants. That not not surprising in any way. No, but just, I know. When Saquon yeah. scored, I was like, shit, we're going to go 3-0. Yeah, like, well, and then it was second, all over. For a split second, and then they yep. scored immediately, and then immediately again, and then it was over. So, I do think um, the, the giant receiver injuries don't bother me so much, I would say. I mean, I'm, I, Slayton was very productive when he played, and for whatever reason, he's been out of favor, but now he's going to certainly get a chance. Could be gone um, his time. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. He has certainly experienced playing against the Bears from his time <laughs> yes. in Detroit. I don't hate the Giants as a play here, but it, I'm fine staying away. We don't need a fave. We certainly don't need a crappy. No, you're right. Do okay, you're right. You're right. This is the crappiest fave there is. Okay, so we need to whittle down here. San Francisco Rams. Should we get rid of that one? What's Trent Williams? I, I said the I'd bottom. Still like to keep, I'd still like to keep it around though. Okay, I'm putting that New England at the very bottom. So then we're looking at favorites: Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Cleveland, Detroit, as like our quote unquote rare faves, and then you have the Chiefs as as the basic square fave. Then we also have dogs, Arizona, Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville, the AFC South shuffle. What we love, and then the Ravens as perhaps a popular dog play similar to the Chiefs on the other side. So there's a lot of games to choose from. That's 12 games if you include San Francisco and New England. So we have a lot of options. Any any games that stand out or any games that uh, you'd like to eliminate? I think overall we're most excited probably about Pittsburgh and Arizona right off the top. I agree with that. I, I feel good about Cleveland too. Um, I just think it's just a much better team. I, I guess we got to monitor the, the Miles Garrett thing. It'd be, it'd be nice to have him obviously. So, Hockley's doing Jags Eagles. Mm. He let his presence be known again in prime time in that Niners Broncos game. Why is every one of his games just his face on end? <laughs> <sighs> and then Land Clark's doing Broncos Raiders. So I'd I'd like to not see him again after the Giant game. He was so unimpressed with everything we did. So disappointed. <laughs> not mad, just disappointed. Cleet's doing the London game. Cleet's been really good to us this year. He's been so great. Love that, <laughs> that guy. Uh, oh, God, 9.30 a.m. Sweating <laughs> the Vikings and Cousins. 
Does this count as primetime cousins? No, it's the reverse. It's the it's the <laughs> the polar opposite of primetime cousins. But it's, it's technically time primetime. In, it's not. I guess it's not even primetime in London, right? It's a one o'clock no. game in London, just about. Yeah, that's good yeah. for him. Yeah. Okay, Mark. I'm, I need you to obviously won't do it here, but figure out the travel situations for both teams. Find out when they left, where they're staying, because you're usually pretty okay. good at that stuff. Uh, okay. Any other refs yeah, who are who are grinding their gears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes they practice in weird places. No, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. Tra- Trav's the one with the PJ. You would know. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there any refs? That, I feel like the refs, other than hockey, they've been pretty good this year. Like Land's just disappointed, but he's he's okay, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I have no. I feel like it was a huge problem last hockey. year, right? I feel like the officiating been pretty good. Yeah, no? I, I would agree. Clay Martin still annoys me. I think yeah. he, he, he annoys me, but I don't know that he's been bad. Um, yeah. I forget what game he had last weekend, but I do feel like there was a moment at which I was very unhappy with him. What, uh, yeah. Why am I blanking on Scott? Is it Scott? Novocaine? Novocaine. Novocaine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like doing he Titans. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like I said, Nance and Romo are, are saddled with the, the Patriots game. So who knows? Maybe the officials try and keep it close. Burkhardt and Olsen. They're doing Cowboys Commanders. This is a brutal week for the number ones on Fox and CBS. Oh. That's awful. Come on. Wait, so who's doing Bills Ravens? I would th- I would have thought that would have been Nance Romo. Birdman? Yeah, I ain't gets that one. That's strange, yeah. right? And then one of uh, the many bets that I lost this weekend was <laughs> Rutgers against Iowa. And um Noah Eagle was calling the Rutgers Iowa game. And I texted you guys at one point. He was in the middle of a five minute monologue on Taylor Ham versus pork roll. Um <laughs> The South Which Jersey, North good. Jersey debate. Taylor Ham is the answer for all of you out yeah. there. Yeah. It is. His point was more that it's similar to Kleenex and tissue. Um, yeah. Taylor Ham is the brand. Pork roll is the product, but that none of that carries any water. It's it's Taylor Ham. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, uh, the Monday night thing, I continue to be sad that Buck and Aikman are so good because I don't turn on the Mannings at all. Agreed, and I should have put Eli on a little bit more this week with the Giants game. The other thing that's just got to end now on ESPN, like you have a legitimate professional crew. Can we can we now kill these fucking animated graphics that are just the dumbest fucking things I've ever <laughs> seen in my life? I think they think that like it's so bad that they like doing it. You know what I mean? Well, I, they, I feel like they think they're in on the joke. Right? Well, <laughs> I, I get it. I don't disagree, and that's can be the only you know reasoning for them to continue to do it. But like Joe. I don't remember what he said this time, but you could tell he was like fake laughing and said something that was like, this is fucking dumb. I don't remember what it was, but yeah, I don't think Troy's amused at all. Uh, I I do like the, uh, the stat cast screen for the Thursday night football on Amazon. Great. Yeah. Really cool. And and I like how it, um, it still has like the regular announcer audio with it. It's not like you're getting like a different, different you know set of announcers um so you still like feel like you're watching the normal game but you get like all those enhanced statistics yeah i wasn't able to watch most of the thursday game last week were the streaming issues better as far as like timing when you guys are texting about it or i, I haven't I had any you. issues yeah i when i watched two weeks ago at home it was fine and then this time i was texting you guys i was in the airport and it wasn't on any bars at the airport but by the time i got met someone for dinner um it was on at the bar there and it was totally fine. It appeared. Okay. Yeah. I was at a bar last Thursday as well and they couldn't figure out how to put Amazon prime on a television. So I guess that's a problem. An issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, initially I read that, like I thought they were going to make it available on direct TV, like just for bars, but I guess that hasn't been communicated or, I mean, it's not like I expect these bartenders to know how to do these things either. It's usually me taking the remote and like figuring it out. So, um, my guy like was a fucking it. pro. He was going back and forth between <laughs> the game and the Aaron Judge at bats. So he was he was oh, wheeling wow. and dealing. Mark, you got some trivia for us? I do. Yeah. Um, so let me just quickly recap last year, last week's uh, listener listener trivia question. Um, after Stefan Diggs' big game against the Titans two weeks ago, where he had 12 catches, he set the record for the highest total of receptions in NFL history for any player. In his first 35 games with the team, um, I asked you, the listeners, can you name the previous holder of the record? I'm not sure if we got any uh, responses, uh, but the answer was Wes Welker. Um, he had 249 receptions in his first 35 games with the Patriots back in 2007 and 2008. 
So poor job by the listeners not getting at least one answer in. Yeah, I, did, I got a lot of comments that they loved our trivia with the primetime okay. nicknames, but no guesses as to. So maybe they just didn't make it to the end. Maybe not. Which is also a bad job. But for you guys this week, I actually kind of have a fun, fun question. With Zach Wilson returning to the lineup this week for the Jets, Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson can now embark on their quest to break the NFL record for most touchdown passes between a quarterback and a receiver with the same last name. I was wondering if you guys can name the players that currently hold the record. So most uh, most touchdowns between a quarterback and a receiver with the same last name. Hmm. First of all, Mike's magic number in trivia is probably about three um, at this point. I think you're you're undefeated, Mike. If I recall, yeah, I am. I am. But this is a great question. I mean, I want to like think about this, and there's going to be a lot of dead air. That's why I cut the dead air. Percolate, out. percolate. Happy to provide a little bit of context. Um, if helpful, but maybe maybe at least have one guess to start. I, I'm going to start with a guess, and I could be way off. Aaron Rodgers and Richard Rodgers. <laughs> That's correct. That's amazing. What? Is it really? <laughs> yes. Aaron wow, Rodgers I was just gonna and go with Richard like Rodgers. <laughs> well, Aaron Rodgers and Richard Rodgers have 15 touchdowns between them. Um, wow, 15? It's funny, it's funny you said Johnson because Brad and Keyshawn Johnson have nine. They're, they're number two. And no other combo has more than two. So that wow, that's freaking. I was thinking amazing. of like popular names. Like I was thinking like Jackson. I was thinking like Doug Williams. Did he have a Williams receiver? <laughs> like wow. Mark, wow. Did they, the, the the groups that have two, do they list any of them? They do not. I only have uh, those like, those other two. So Aaron and Richard Rodgers with fifteen, and, and Brad and Keyshawn with nine. Wow. Um, Brad wow. and Keyshawn. I don't think I ever would have thought of. That's a hell of a guys. Award. That, that's yeah. amazing. And you, and he, you had to hit it. That that's wow, great stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, good stuff. Okay, well, quick quick trivia for you guys. Um, I'll leave the listeners with one. Maybe we'll get some responses this week if you're still listening. Uh, Cooper Rush with his win on Monday Night Football against the Giants this past week became the second undrafted quarterback in NFL history to win his each of his first three NFL starts and throw for uh, more than 750 yards across those starts. Can you name the other undrafted quarterback to accomplish this feat? Okay, so undrafted quarterback, win first three starts, throw for 700 yards. 750. 750, wow. All right. I got a few guesses for off-air that we will discuss, but uh, get us your guesses this week. Text on Spotify, on Twitter. Uh, You know, we appreciate all the listeners checking in this year. We've had a nice steady audience from week to week. I know we let you down last week, but uh, we're back on the horse this week, hopefully with some, some better teams to watch and some better teams to bet on. Uh, nine and six in each contest and uh we'll talk to you next week week four let's do it circa <laughs>